welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Thomas Frank Carr. T. Frank, we're talking linebackers this week. Um, first segment, we mostly we define the positions and what we're looking for, and then we started to get into detail individual positions, and we're starting in the middle, and we were both singing the praises of Ellis Brooks, who is now gone, and there really wasn't uh, the guy, or it doesn't appear to be the guy who's ready to just step right in and take over, but the candidates, and we just briefly mentioned them, Tyler Elsden, Kobe King. Is there anyone else, or is it going to be probably those two sharing the position? Well, that's the million-dollar question is, is there going to be anybody else? And is that's when you look at that, and we'll get into kind of the how all three pieces fit together in the Penn State defense. If there is a place to add a transfer, it seems like Mike Linebacker is the place because uh, to jump ahead a little bit, you're going to have uh, I'm 90% certain based on the bowl game that you're moving Curtis Jacobs over to that will position as your fastest, most athletic linebacker to play in the box, but also go make plays and be a factor on every play because you're closer to the football at the will position. So that part is taken care of. So then who's the Mike? Who's the Sam? At the Mike position, you have two options that are currently on the roster, it seems. The first is Tyler Elsden, an older player, I think physically similar to Ellis Brooks. Maybe a little smaller, uh, quicker and more explosive, but not as fluid of an athlete. But kind of in the general ballpark of uh, not what you would consider traditionally athletic, but has some skills that could make him a good Mike linebacker. The difference is Ellis Brooks and everything I described earlier of dipping under contact and playing with anticipation and vision and all those things. Uh, Elsden has always done it with brute force. And right now he's 230 on the roster. He's 6'2", not the Biggest frame in the world, but could probably get to 235, 240 if he pushed it. Um, the question this becomes, how athletic is he to play in coverage? Didn't see any coverage in the bowl game, because I don't know if you noticed in this, but the Arkansas declined to throw the football. So we don't really know anything about him there, but as a run defender, I thought he was good. Played through contact well, um, and it's just going to be, does he do that consistently and get to the football in a different way? If he's not the guy, Kobe King is a redshirt freshman, 240 pounds, big frame, already physically dominant looking. And then all the other unknowns. Does he know how to call the defense as the Mike linebacker? Because that's the other responsibility. Does he have the positional skills, coverage ability, all those other things? Uh, I was never in high school. I thought he was a good athlete. He was his team starting running back, but he wasn't a fast football player. So what's his speed? What's his coverage ability? There's a lot of unknowns between those two. And calling the defense, being on the football field, having reps of understanding the defense, that's a huge thing. And if Penn State were to find a veteran who's called a similar defense in the past and understands defensive coverage and gap assignments and how to adjust and all those things, that seems to be the logical position because, again, neither of those guys saw the football field last year, so the confidence in putting them there wasn't there. Now, if it was King and they just wanted to preserve his red shirt, that's a different story. But again... Young football player, redshirt freshman at the starting Mike linebacker position. Jesse Lucchetta and Ellis Brooks both had time on the field before they were that guy splitting reps at that starting position. 
I guess we should be looking at the Miami Hurricanes. And <laughs> is there an extraneous middle linebacker down there who played for Manny Diaz who's looking for a new job, right? Uh, yeah, that's one place you could look. Uh, Penn State has looked at several other players from several other schools. It doesn't necessarily, I mean, that would be ideal, right? If there was a linebacker just floating around from Miami. But so far, that hasn't happened. And I'd be curious to see what are the other criteria that Penn State's looking for in their in their next Mike linebacker. I don't know that it necessarily has to be from a even a 4-3 defense, a traditional four down front, just somebody with veteran experience calling a pl- calling a defense. All right, let's uh let's move on to Curtis Jacobs, who is the one returning starter and as you said from the bowl game it appears that he's moving from the Sam to the Will, strong side, weak side, however you want to describe it. Why is he moving the positions? What attributes is it that required there and that he shows that he has, T. Frank? Uh, well, kind of just going back to our positional prototype conversation about what it takes to play each position, he's the most athletic, most explosive, talented football player at the linebacker position. And uh, that, will, that will position, think about the guys that Penn State has moved there over time in, in recent memory. It's... Uh, 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 Brandon Bell was a will for Penn State as a big physical athletic guy. Maybe didn't have the overwhelming athleticism of a Micah Parsons, but that's the sort of guy you're. That's the that's the uh, archetype you're looking for at that position. Uh, and then going all the way to Brandon Smith, big physical, runs the football field well, makes plays. That's what Penn State's looking for: is guys to make plays on the football, difference makers. And Curtis Jacobs is that guy. So. Box ability is going to be the question. He struggled a little bit with it in the bowl game, but it was he had 30 days maybe to practice that position, maybe 20 to practice his new position. Uh, and when you go back, he's trying to do some advanced level things of uh, shooting gaps and getting under blocks. And I, I think he's going to adapt well. I think he's a physical football player, even at that Sam. He was pretty physical when he was in the in the box. So that's going to be his position next next year is to be the highlight reel guy for Penn State. Now, much was said about Jonathan Sutherland. He moved into that linebacker position for the bowl game out of necessity. They just they didn't have the bodies there. But the talk seems to be, okay, he's going to make that transition. So does he fit into one of these uh, descriptions that you gave for the different positions? Or is he just really a fifth defensive back in a four-two-five scheme, T. Frank, how how much tolerance do you have for semantics? Because that's really what we're getting into here. So uh, we're going to get into a bit of a long-winded answer, but when you're looking at the Sam position, Penn State likes to play with three linebackers on the field. Most defensive coordinators, I think, if you ask them if they could, they would do that because it makes your defense whole. It makes it so that you can you can stop and you can have. Uh, an even number of players, the the correct number of players, perimeter of the box or around the box, and have a guy in coverage that's good enough to stop in the underneath zones. Especially, and this is this is specifically in Penn State's traditional zone coverages where they're underneath and they got linebackers out in space. But m- some teams don't. 
Some teams just don't. And Penn State has said that their linebacker there has safety-like qualities. So just flip it to the other side of the coin, and some teams look for safeties that have linebacker-like qualities, and they put them at the SAM position, which is the sub-package position in football anyway. When Daquan Hardy comes on the football field in third down to cover, uh, Curtis Jacobs came off the field. If you are in a sub-package of any kind, the Sam linebacker is the first one to come off the football field. Teams in the NFL, a lot of them, don't even have a Sam linebacker. They play on, on the field. They play a full 4-2-5 with five defensive backs, as you've talked about. So, Jonathan Sutherland, is he a linebacker, or is he going to get up? To, so, to me, a linebacker, if you look traditionally what Penn State's Sam linebackers have been, they've been around 230 pounds and up, and they've had 4-5-ish speed. So Jonathan Sutherland has safety speed. He's never been athleticism has never been his problem. But can he get to 230? And if he's not 230, how close is he? And then if he's at 215, yeah, we're talking about a box safety who's playing in the flat in underneath zone coverage, more like a Marcus Allen than like a uh a Curtis Jacobs. So it's all about how you want to phrase it. It's all about the semantics of it. So I, I don't have a problem, especially seeing as the guy who's going to play there and is the heir apparent is Jamari Budden. And the real rub here is that you can't play Kobe King and Jamari Budden because they're both freshmen. Like, I just, I you can play them together sometimes, but that can't be your starting lineup to start the season if you want to not have catastrophic freshman mistakes on the field. Because even if both of them make a mistake on the same play, that's two players out of position. So... Uh, I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Budden anyway, and then it's, do you have Sutherland as the air quotes starter, and then you have the redshirt freshman working in and being a large part of the the, the factors there. I think either way, you're going to see all of these guys in the football field next year. Either, either somebody's going to take these jobs, or you're going to see a, a heavy rotation, and they're going to work it out as whoever plays best gets more reps. Where does Charlie Catcher f- uh, fit into this? Uh, veteran backup. I, I would say he was he struggled in the box last year when he was playing well early in his career. He was great as that backup Sam. So if Curtis Jacobs takes all of the reps at the will and you have somebody else, maybe an Abdul Carter that you want to see as a freshman, I would not do that. I would red shirt him. I just say that right now. I would red shirt him because he's super talented and can step in there next year. Um, then you're going to have catcher being a backup to those perimeter box linebacker and Sam positions, but he's better as a Sam. So the way you describe it or the way I'm hearing it is Jonathan Sutherland, the big advantage he has is he's a veteran guy. And if you're already going to play uh, a youngster at in the middle, you do, you want two very young inexperienced guys in there at the same time. And even if Jonathan Sutherland is in a sense, the extra defensive back being called the linebacker, he's still in that position where he's probably going to be taken off the field in pa- obvious passing downs because you're going to put in Daquan Hardy or someone of that ilk to cover yeah. the slot receiver. Yeah, yeah. And and sub-package defenses, this is all about how you slice the apple. Uh, does Manny Diaz prefer sub-packages? Because I saw a lot of those on film last season when he had three really talented safeties and he would play a lot of three safety defenses. So does that mean you have Tig Brown and uh, you put a guy like Jalen Reed down there 
and he's like your pseudo linebacker slash safety causing havoc, kind of your just chaos player. And then you have Keaton Ellis back there as well. Do you have some combination of those defenses you rely on more? That's why the Sam is important because it gives you stability and it gives you the ability to not have to dip into those unless you want to win a specific scheme or matchup. But you can lean on sub packages and you can de-emphasize the Sam. And that's why when it comes to linebacker numbers and it comes to linebacker recruiting, sure, you would like to be pumping in as much talent at every single position. But if you don't have a Sam every year, you can work around it. And again, these are not ideal situations. These are not ideal circumstances, but there are fixes to that problem as opposed to we don't have a will who is one of our two run stuffers, our biggest like splash position, or our Mike linebacker. Both are involved in the run defense on every single play. And the Sam can be or can't be depending on the matchups and the situation. It does still feel like they're thin on numbers at linebacker. Real quick, I'm giving you 10 seconds. Of the true freshmen, you mentioned Abdul Carter. Any potential help there this season from anyone? I wouldn't. Uh, yes, he could, but I wouldn't. All right, very good. Hey, that was a great segment, uh, T. Frank. Really enjoyed it. As I told you off um, air, it's always great when I feel like we learned something, and today I felt like we learned more about the linebackers. That's it for quarter number two. Stick around. Quarter number three, we're going to take your questions and ask T. Frank. This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross-check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt hockey, played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hardy souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. 